Welcome once again to Benchworld, a podcast designed to provide you with knowledge, experiences, tools, and ideas about venture capital, entrepreneurship, and finance. Interviews and conversations with top-notch global experts will take place every week, hosted by me, Hector Shibata, Director of Investments and Portfolio at AC Ventures, a global corporate venture capital fund an Associate Professor for Entrepreneurial Finance and Venture Capital. Don't forget to follow us for more content on Medium, LinkedIn and Twitter as ACB underscore BC. With no more to say, hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to ACB Webinars. Today we'll talk about the last mile logistic revolution, a discussion on last mile logistics, the technology involved, and the trend expected for coming years. We thank our speakers, Aaron Michael from 1982 Ventures, Yugal Egenstein from Startup Nation Central, and Osam Gosbasi from OptiJol. Let me introduce the speakers. First, Aaron Michael. He has named the venture capitalist 40 under 40 by BC Journal in 2020. Aaron loves entrepreneurship, public policy, and the future of work. He's the co-founder of PadSource and EdTech startups that rose to the top of the App Store until its acquisition in 2017. Aaron has written for Entrepreneurial Management, Magazine, Fast Company, and a range of business outlets an executive board member of the San Francisco Workforce Investment Board. Aaron holds an MBA from Harvard Business School and an MPA from the Harvard Kennedy School of Government. Thank you, Aaron. Jubal Egenstein is in the Industry 4.0 Sector Lead and Research Analyst at Startup Nation Central. He is responsible for researching Israeli innovation and world market activity relating to the strategic development of the Industry 4.0 and Smart Mobility Industries. Previously, Yuval served as an economist in the Research Division of the Central Bank of Israel and the Ministry of Transportation. He holds a Master's Degree in Financial Economics and a BA in Philosophy, Political Science and Economy, both from the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. Thank you, Yuval. Gosan Gosbasi holds a B.S. degree in Industrial Engineering from Bogassini University in Istanbul. Osan has more than 15 years of experience in algorithm designs for scale startup optimization problems. He served as a management consultant at a mobile telecommunication operator for sale channel optimization and a large consumer durable goods manufacturer for pricing analytics. Osan co-founded OptiJol to build solutions for distribution network, design, and transportation road optimization. Thank you, Osan. So let's, let's start. So first of all, many of us think that the last mile must, must do only with a motorcycle that arrives at our homes where we order food and where we make a purchase online. But if we analyze a little bit more, there's a process behind these shipments. So what does a traditional last mile value chain look like? 
And how has it evolved in recent years? What have become the most relevant technologies in this process? So maybe we can start with you, Osen. Yeah, as you mentioned, like there's an increasing demand uh, for direct deliveries uh, by consumers. We want items to deliver direct to our homes or offices or like nearby uh, small places like small lockers, smart lockers in those places. Uh, so in the past, uh, products were uh, first transported from manufacturing plants to distribution centers uh, and then to retail stores uh, for customers uh, who made the purchase and they were driving the items uh, back home themselves. And now the chain has additional modes. So we see uh, like micro fulfillment centers uh, and local delivery centers and it extends uh, up to the door of uh, each end user. And in the past, uh, there were large warehouses which were located outside the city uh, for being more cost effective in cheaper areas. Uh, it was enough to replenish these retail stores. However, uh, now for same day, even same hour delivery is requested. Therefore, uh, in the new chain, uh, we have these uh, micro fulfillment centers in the city, in urban warehouses, uh, that's the changes. The relevant technologies are network optimization to redesign this supply chain to right placement of these nodes, their capacity and coverage areas and warehouse management technologies to speed up uh, shipping these items, uh, transportation management systems to coordinate and execute these movements, which is supported by route optimization uh, technology uh, to optimize the asset uh, usage. And this also extends to IoT and GPS tracking technologies to provide end-to-end uh, -end visibility for both shippers and uh, rece receivers. And uh, finally, to reduce labor costs, uh, there are developments in hardware technology to reduce uh, human reliance. Uh, also important fact is like demand forecasting and inventory management technologies are also relevant because now we have a distributed network, uh, how to, uh, which, which products, uh, at which location and at what quantity, that also needs to be optimized to provide the same day delivery capabilities. Okay, great, thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Osan. So Yuval, what are your thoughts uh, around these topics? Um, in the past, um, I would say last mile delivery was the least important. It has become one of the most important parts of the supply chain with complexity and increased volumes. And this has happened due to urbanization trends and consumer behavior changes, generation Z, generation Y, and the rise of e-commerce. Um, last mile delivery is an extremely demand segment. Customers are very cost sensitive with low willingness to pay for greater services. They are, they are driving few things. We have, the, we have maybe the Amazon effect. So improved delivery time. Same day uh, delivery, two day delivery. They want to know when they get their product and not to stay at home uh, from 9am to 7pm best just to wait for the package. And they also want free shipping and less restricted return policies. So often customers are, are willing to pay to wait more time for delivery if it's free, and they're willing to pay more if the return policy is generous. And if you had fierce competition that cuts the margins, we're looking at a challenging time for retail companies. And companies respond to this evolving demand by trying to adapt technologies that help with route planning, fleets and staff management, and autonomous fleets in the future, of course. And uh, as a... Uh, Uzan said before, I hope I pronounced, I pronounced your name right, um, micro-fulfillment centers. So in Israel, for example, a company called Fabric uh, that does that. 
and they have uh, more examples, and you have drones and AGVs, autonomous ground vehicles. All of this to save costs and be able to respond to the increasing demand. Uh, for example, we have uh, Walt, Get Taxi Delivery, Uberbeat, DoorDash, all examples for delivery services startups. And they managed to automate the ordering procedure and create the opportunity for restaurants with other delivery capabilities to deliver food. So every package is tracked in real time without inc- increasing the cost for the, for the customer. This is just one uh, example of last mile delivery, but of course it's not, not just for restaurants and more and more, more uh, segments. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you, Yuval. Uh, Aaron, do you agree with what Osan and Yuval have said, or and what what's your point of view in terms of in terms of these changes? Yeah, so I, I think they're I think they're spot on, and I would I would highlight a particular uh, vertical here, which is uh, the the grocery supply chain, right? So. Uh, I think that's kind of a, a great example of the kind of evolution of uh, of last mile delivery, right? And and venture capital really got into uh, delivery, particularly for groceries, with with a web van back at the turn of the century. And if you remember that, uh, they put a whole lot of uh, capital into this one company and then effectively set it on fire. Uh, you know, the, uh, it, it just went up in smoke. And that was some of the best venture capital firms in, in, in the world who were doing that. And yet, you take a look at today, and you've got these uh, massively venture-backed, very fast-growing companies like uh, Instacart that, that are out there and doing very, very well. And so what happened? Uh, and so the, the difference is, uh, as, as was just pointed out before me, you know, previously, there was a lot of capital put into... Uh, into sort of tech-enabled warehouses by WebVan, right? And they were spending $30, $40 million per warehouse. Um, And they just, you know, it burned up a huge amount of money. And today, uh, what that has shifted to is software. Uh, And so you've got marketplaces like like Instacart uh, that are entirely software-based and and connecting 1099 workers uh, with an end consumer and... And that actually works much better when you take a look at the unit economics. That's not really the end state, right? Well, it's kind of crazy that to think that what what that, that the end state is. Uh, you got a manufacturer who's sending something uh, to wholesale, who's maybe sending something to uh, a distribution center, who's sending it to a grocery store, and then there's you know some uh, man or woman who's going to that grocery store and driving in their car to the to somebody's house, you know that that's not the way that this ends. Uh, the, so the next step is taking out the middleman, right? Why is wholesale there at all? So I think that's kind of where things are moving. Great, no, thank you for for that thoughts. Also, we asked our, our guests about um, what, what when is the the average time they uh, wait for a package. Uh, so they, they answered uh, that one day is the kind of the uh, expected time they, they wait for, for, the, for their loads. So um, we have another question for you. So about, I mean, we, we passed from knowing nothing, knowing anything about our, our packages or our loads to 
know kind of when probably they will come. And also now we have this opportunity to have a real-time addressability of our packages. So in, in that point, what are the main other things or other key points that you think might be improved or all the opportunity areas uh, to, to invest in, in, this, uh, in, in this value chain of logistics in, in last mile delivery? Uh, we can start with you, Watson. Yeah. Uh, I think as you mentioned, now we got used to, like, uh, the audience will give their averages, but we got used to receiving it in, like, one or two days. But that's in, like, regular times. But in, like, holiday seasons or periods, like this COVID effect, now those times are much longer. Because, uh, like, the uh, biggest cost for any supply chain logistics operation is variability. So the more variability means more cost, harder to manage capacity. And also in logistics, since it really depends on like still brick and mortar, you need to build additional fulfillment centers, you need to bring equipment, you need to train people. Uh, so there's the constant catch up game. So the industry is moving, consumer trends are moving, but logistics is coming from behind because these investments take time, even evaluating feasible finances and other things. Uh, so the biggest problem, I, I think the pain point is managing these uh, peak periods, this variability. Any solutions that can bring in flexibility, uh, like flexible short-term resources uh, in these cases, like on-demand delivery options, crowd delivery, I think this will uh, be important areas to manage this. And also, uh, there's a growing demand for last mile, but the labor capacity is not increasing at the same rate. So any solution which reduces uh, labor needs, labor requirements, uh, more automation solutions that uh, will always uh, find uh, use cases. And in some countries, emerging countries like Turkey, uh, the address structure is a big problem because in last mile you need to deliver direct to the door, but the addresses may not be properly written by the end consumers, and that creates a lot of problems, lost packages, late deliveries, uh, and another thing related to capacity is like full-time uh, drivers are preferred because you can train them, they're experienced, but you cannot keep them on salary on all periods. But with uh, short-term hires, the problem is they are not very experienced. They don't handle the packages in the proper way, which creates uh, some damage problems or, again, some security issues. That's the problem. And returns management is also important. When you deliver something, you know the package, you know the size, location, everything. But for returns, it's unknown. You schedule a return to your road, route, but if it's a big item, then you, you see like capacity problems. You may not have enough space uh, in the trunk. So that's uh, another pain point that we observe from our users. Great. And in Dubai, you mentioned also that, that we right now have a track in real time. But what other things we can we can do or we can improve in this um, in this in this in this area? Yeah, so I agree with uh, Uzan, and like the the main pain points are speed of delivery, volume, frequency, and the number of deliveries along the route. So, and and as I mentioned before, also the sh the free shipping movement, the different uh, different culture. So customers have low willingness to pay. Also, there is the issue of network of goods by both sides. So customers and providers, both of them want more visibility. And all of this forces the retailers to absorb the costs themselves because the, the customers don't want to pay. 
But having said that, equity investments were at around $25 billion in funding for logistics startups year to date. This is according to McKinsey. And most funding, $11 billion, was raised by startups offering last mile delivery services to retailers and individuals. So, and, but if you take the $11 billion, the $10 billion out of it went to startups that rely on, on unconventional delivery modes. So such as a crowdsource delivery, drones, autonomous vehicles, and shipments uh, to partial uh, lockers. And these technologies, advancements, uh, complement companies' traditional delivery fleets as they anticipate the next normal in last mile delivery. And so these trends suggest investment opportunities in, in unconventional last mile services uh, to solve these pain points. But we need to remember also that many organizations still work with pen and paper. So there's a lot of to invest around digitization of the distribution process as well. Um, Great, no, thank you. And that, that that's a that's a good point in order to start with with with, with this topic. So, if we consider the last mile process, obviously, first of all, we need to start with distribution centers and warehouses. So, what are those technologies that have revolutionized the management in the distribution centers and the warehouses? I don't. Can you share with us some some thoughts, please? Yeah, glad to. So when I think about this space, a somebody who is who's managing a chain of distribution centers, warehouses, uh, etc., now has so many more tools at their disposal than they did a decade ago, right? Not now you have everything ranging from and by the way, I'm 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 in general not a fan of uh, of most drone use cases as they stand today, but one of the few good use cases of drones today is indoor drones for uh, for tracking and uh, and inventory tracking, and then AI video for safety, uh, a range of robotics. These types of tools are, you know, just give somebody who is managing these types of warehouse systems so many more tools at their disposal. On top of that, you know, you, yeah, you have a bunch of kind of legacy warehouse management software tools. But what, what really kind of gets me excited is that you are also now creating uh, these software tools that create sort of a, a middleware layer that lie on top of uh, various warehouses and distribution centers and sit between them and, uh, and the, the retailers who more often than not are, are the customers who are using them, right? You know, we're we're uh, a investor in a company called Flowspace. Uh, there's another company that called Flex that basically created a uh, a national uh, network of, of warehouses without actually owning those warehouses. They partner with those the, those warehouses, but they can work with any retailer and give them access to uh, to uh, to warehouses across the country and say, all right, your customers are here, here, and here. You need to have warehouses in this, this, and this location in order to cover 80, 90% of your customers. And then you create a single point of integration for both warehousing and fulfillment because all these types of companies are moving from just doing warehousing into fulfillment as well. And so, um, you know, that these types of tools are, are really game changing, I think, are, are changing how, how that experience gets managed. 
Great, thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. And Jubal, you know, there are companies that are building from small chips to elaborated sensors that are making use of this technology to improve the traceability of inventory and other assets. So how would you see the future of this uh, IoT usage in the value chain? So just also th thanks for the question and to relate what Aaron uh, just said and uh, maybe take more general answer. Um, so less mile delivery is primarily about putting the right product in the right place at the right time. Um, and IoT is in the base is the base for this. To cut costs, to to use drones or AGVs, we we have to have some kind of IoT systems that being implemented already and before. But even before AGVs, the priority for cons consumer and businesses is to be able to track their orders condition throughout the entire uh, delivery process. So, for example, by using IoT sensors placed inside the package itself, customer can track things like temperature and humidity levels. And especially important, obviously, for foods, uh, pharmaceuticals, and other uh, perishables. And for logistic providers, IoT will be, uh, is used for faster order fulfillment inside the warehouse to quickly and efficiently locate packages in big warehouses. It requires a lot of uh, infrastructure, data infrastructure. And the, ba the base, of course, is IoT. And for example, we have an Israeli startup called Williot, puts IoT sensors in, in every package with very low cost and it helps retailers locate and track the products inside the warehouse. Um, but we need to keep in mind that IoT sensors have their own challenges, right? So reception, weather, connectivity, de and deployment. And sometimes it's much just easier to attach uh, barcodes, and that's it. But as sensors become cheaper and, and with the increased volumes of deliveries, it becomes much more cost-effective to, to use IoT sensors. So I expect the future much more IoT than now. Okay, great, thanks. No, obviously technology, it's, it's a great mechanism in order to improve the value chain in the logistic segment. So one of the key elements is dispatch, such as optimization of cargo, optimizing the equipment, the personnel. How are new technologies solving this problem, Hosan? Uh, so in operations research, uh, so these resource scheduling problems uh, have been like, extensively studied for the last 50, 60 years since like World War II. Uh, but now it's like one of the most exciting times uh, where uh, this uh, research can find like proper, uh, real practical implementations. So when these uh, algorithms get together with software technologies and cloud technologies, so they become like useful uh, software products to be used on a daily basis to optimize operations. So we have seen that trend in the last 10 years. Now, uh, more of these operations are transitioning to uh, decision support systems. Uh, the manual planning approaches are phasing out uh, because they are not sustainable because they need to decide more frequently. So you don't optimize routes once at night. Uh, so that's, that was in the past. Now you need to continue to optimize and which requires a system at the back. So these technologies help to allocate orders to different resources on the field to different vehicles, different drivers and schedules their day, yeah, how to sequence these orders uh, so that they minimize cost. Also make sure uh, each person or each warehouse visits on time on uh, the plant uh, time windows. Uh, the, the key challenges also in that is 
capturing all realities of the field. So the algorithms are good, but if you don't capture the realities from the fields, the proper digitalization of the field data, uh, they are in fact, in some cases, they may result in like worse outcomes as well. So it's important to digitalize data, collect tracking data from fields, uh, get good estimations about like how much time it takes to deliver a product, how much time it takes to park. If those inputs are correct, and if you merge algorithms with this data, then uh, really you can get benefits like in savings of uh, 20 to 25 percent in fuel costs, uh, 5 to 10 percent in uh, fleet size, and also you improve on-time deliveries by uh, up to 50 percent. Okay, great, thank you. So Yuval, what other technologies are you looking at in terms of dispatch? Yes, yeah, so in, to have an effective dispatch operation, you need to have something that is location-based. So it can be, like I said before, the IoT sensors and maybe just the smartphones. Everybody has smartphones now, so it's location-based, of course. The other aspects of this are integrated platforms that help automate, it, automate everything. And Israel, we have a few examples of such platforms like to just share a few examples. So there are technologies that are more on the futuristic end. So such as drones and autonomous ground vehicles, for example, robotic, Perceptor, VI, all coming out of Israel. You're welcome to check them out. Technologies that are, and there are technologies that are more focused on physical urban infrastructure, such as micro-fulfillment centers. So, so fabric, as I mentioned before, and CAFA systems, also both of them from Israel. We also have a service brokerage type of solutions. So for example, in the Israeli startup Fritos, which provides a marketplace between importers and exporters, and I think helping them to reduce logistics spending, booking time, management of shipments. And, and lastly, we have distribution focused, focused software solutions, which focus on route planning, driver management, goods management, estimated time of arrival, customer management. So for example, the, we have the Israeli startup Gringos that provides end-to-end -end visibility and management in internal and external fleets by optimizing util the utilization of vehicles. This is just a, a list of few technologies that comes from Israel that really helps with dispatch. Thank you, Yuval, for your answer. I mean, and I'm pretty glad that you touched the point of the end-to-end uh, software uh, management systems such as Bringos. We also have Bring, for example, who has raised more than yes. $80 million so far. And I mean, uh, in that sense, that's where my next question is going. And perhaps Aaron and then Osan, you can, you can give me your thoughts. Do you think there is really a comp competitive edge uh, uh, of these companies having their own algorithm or proprietary AI uh, to develop these solutions or in, in some point in time, will this technology become uh, a commodity of, of, that, of some kind? Well, it, so it's a good question. It sort of depends, right? Uh, the, 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 the easy question of how do you get from point A to point B has obviously been commoditized as free from Google Maps, but mastering the logistics of a particular business can be a strategic advantage. And, you know what Optimo route has done is hard to do. If you're a, you know, if you're an HVAC company, uh, for instance, and you've got 30 customers and you know that need to be served in a region in a day, you've got five trucks to do it. How do you best break down those routes? And you know that that's actually not necessarily a 
um, a, a simple simple task. But I think it's it's a feature, right? Not the core of a company, right? We're we're an investor in a company called Buildups um, that that started doing routes for uh, CRE, uh, commercial real estate service providers, and then you know expanded into everything from quotes and invoicing to customer ma management, and, and that's sort of the trajectory that I would kind of expect to see here. That it ultimately it, it's not it's not a uh, a company in and of itself. It is a feature. Um, and so I'd expect to see verticalized solutions with dynamic routes uh, as a useful feature as opposed to a standalone company. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron, for your thoughts. Osan, perhaps you could give us your, your thoughts on uh, dynamic route planning. Uh, yes. So first, like in terms of uh, comment detail, like uh, from microeconomics, like 101, uh, so if something is commodity, we see that like the profits should be near zero, but still in root optimization software, the profit margins are uh, really high. So I don't see that it became a commodity yet. Uh, but technically, actually the problem structure keeps changing. So as logistic evolves, the technology to optimize routes also needs to improve itself. Uh, like for example, in Gartner's uh, list for root optimization software, uh, you see that like half of the companies are founded in the last five, six years. And they are providing better solutions than like this legacy third-year-old companies that like uh, acquiring their customers, stealing customers from them. Uh, so as the space changes, so it creates opportunities for like new players like Optio and other root optimization uh, solutions to jump in to solve these new challenges. Uh, so there are still some open problems or partially solved problems. Like some examples are like problem scaling issues. So in last mile, the problem it gets bigger and bigger with more addresses, uh, which is hard to scale and to solve in a very short time. Also handling uh, multiple pickup and multiple drop-off locations. So with micro-fulfillment centers, you don't have just a single warehouse. It, you need routes which can travel throughout all these locations. That's a challenge. You need to work with a more heterogeneous fleet. You don't have like single type of trucks in the past. You work at different sizes, different costs. Some of them are owned, some of them are leased. Uh, so it's not just distance minimization, it's also optimizing the, right, uh, the fleet acquisition decision. So what tracks should I need to stay? And order prioritization. Uh, so for peak periods, you cannot deliver all items today, but which orders should be left out? So which ones should I deliver, which uh, I shouldn't? So that also became part of this route optimization solutions. And also it's becoming more multimodal. So with drones and other vehicles coming in, you need solutions which can create routes that handle handovers between different vehicles. So a vehicle will drive up to a certain point and there will be a transfer between them. So all these things are like, these are the current examples and we will see many more challenges coming in the, uh, in, in, in the future. So I think still it's away from being a commodity and we need a new technology to handle this uh, open problems or partial solved problems. Oh, great, thank you. So in terms of that, obviously we need to optimize fleets. So one issue is that, let's say, autonomous vehicles, let's say in the US, we have a, a, a legislation and it divides the different autonomous vehicles in five different groups. And obviously the five is the most advanced. So for, how far are we from type five range in the last mile vehicles, such as motorcycles or trucks? I don't know. So there's something called a Mars law, which basically says that 
we tend to overestimate the, the effect of a technology in the short run and us underestimate it in the long run. And that's been the case with autonomous vehicles. We've been thinking for, you know, for, for a little while now that autonomous vehicles in, in the next few years are going to get mass adoption and then, and then they don't, right? And so uh, that's because the tech is still a work in progress. Regulatory is still a work in progress. Consumer and business adoption will take time. It, this, is, this is a ways uh, away. And I think final mile will be relatively hard, right? Um, pedestrians are everywhere, right? There's tons of stops. You need high fidelity maps. Who's gonna unload the packages? Um, you know, so, so you're, you're still talking, that's probably five to 10 years away, but anyone who sort of gives a number confidently is kind of a little bit full of it. Um, you know, I think the piece that comes first uh, is the step right before that, right? Which is the, the move from regional distribution centers out to local warehouses, et cetera. You know, think sort of 50 mile trips on routes that are, are fully mapped out, you know, as in the, the trucks have full uh, LIDAR point cloud maps uh, that tell them every turn in the street, every tree, every stoplight, um, you know, and on roads with few pedestrians uh, driven by electric autonomous trucks. So I think think that's sort of the, the first piece that goes into place, but it's, uh, it's a long slog ahead. Great. So in the, in the same sense, uh, talking about, you've been talking about a lot of uh, drones or sidewalks. So um, for example, um, Amazon Prime Air is a survey that already serves with uh, drones, and we have other sidewalks like uh, the Google Bootbot that was a project for Google. So in, in the same sense of the autonomous vehicles, uh, how is this going uh, with, with drones? Do you think are, are going to be more like applicable? So I don't know if, if you can comment us, uh, Jubal, a little bit uh, of your thoughts about this. Um, me? Okay, so. Yeah, um, yeah well. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. So actually, I, I, I totally agree with what Aaron said uh, just now. Um, this is very futuristic, I feel, I, and I don't expect to see this happening in scale and in, in the, at least the next 10 years. The challenges with drones are restrictive on flight duration, weight, it's capital intensive. In terms of maintenance, you need, you need now many operators and etc. All these require use cases that are painful enough to justify the use of drones. So if, even if we solve this, we'll still have regulation and safety issues. Um, and we, we haven't even begun to address traditionally low margins we see in, in, in retail. So, so but, but it will happen for, for sure, for my opinion. It will happen just not in the next uh, five to five years, maybe. And there are a few possible scenarios, I would say. So you can imagine a truck full of sm small drone. So it's autonomous truck that drives to a drop docking station in a strategic location in the neighborhood and from there sends small drones or AGVs to deliver goods and packages to homes. And second, it can be maybe a creation of designated tunnels which are connected to big apartment buildings and fulfillment centers. So small delivery robots such as Google BookBots, as you, like you mentioned, will drive to the tunnels and rise to the building, buildings to deliver the products. 
So it doesn't really matter which one will eventually emerge, but the concept of autonomy will prevail. So in a drone or in, a, in the Google Bookbot and, and probably a mixture of both. And it, it may depend on, just depend on the infrastructure and regulation that are currently non-existent really in different countries. So, yes. Hey, and Osam, I don't know if you have uh, thoughts about uh, this, uh, this topic. Also, we, we ask our, our, our guests about, um, about, about this. And the, um, the 70% consider that it's nice to have, as you were mentioning, uh, Jukbal, I think from, for the, the short run. Um, and 25% consider it totally necessary. But I don't know what are your thoughts about, uh, about this topic, um, Osan. Yes, Erin, uh, you all mentioned. So I also see this as just a complementary uh, solution that will not be the, like the mainstream, I think, in the future that we can foresee now. And uh, it can work in like carefully selected geographies, certain neighborhoods, certain towns, or small cities. Uh, if you carefully design that city that way, it can work. Uh, and some important like for uh, transporting critical items, I think it's a good solution. Like you see applications in like medical transportation, uh, critical lab equipment. Also with this after COVID-19, if uh, you cannot get the patient tested, you can use these drones to. Uh, move these uh, critical items between certain locations. Uh, their carrying capacity is small, so they need to go back and forth, back and forth. So that makes it uh, less useful for uh, like package deliveries during the day. But for short-term deliveries, like food delivery in 15 minutes, then uh, you can use this, I, I think. But for throughout the day, I think it, they will not be very uh, efficient to use. Uh, a combination of drones and the truck, uh, you all made that point. So you can drive the truck to a certain point, and after that, it's hard to continue uh, with the truck. You can just fly the drone that will drop the package and come back, and in the meantime, you can still uh, keep doing deliveries with the truck. So it can complement the driver uh, in that sense. Uh, so the maintenance and safety issues are present for this, uh, maintaining this uh, and safety, because like, if you think about the whole world, it may not be suitable to leave these on the streets without uh, any guide in security measures around it. Uh, so I think still, like, it's a, a long shot. I agree with you all and everyone. Thank you, Sam. And in terms of, uh, you know, today there has been uh, a lot of solutions growing in the option of unattended delivery, uh, such as the delivery of packages to lockers like Amazon Hub or smart locks like BoxLock. Is this a reality that you see that will happen um, or is just only a temporary trend that will, be, that will fade away in the near future? I don't know, Aaron and Sam, do you have thoughts about it? Uh, you know, I think solutions like lock, BoxLock are, are kind of a, a little bit of a niche business, right? Uh, for certain suburban neighborhoods, those types of solutions would be helpful to kind of prevent theft, um, but even if you open the box, even if you own the boxes, you know, the delivery guys don't use them. You, you go and take a look at the, the reviews for, uh, companies like that on, on the app store. People are like the, the delivery person will show up to their house and just ignore the box. Right. So there, there's sort of a cultural shift that has to happen, get that used. And I, I think getting broad distribution there is going to be kind of difficult. Amazon hub is a little bit of a different story. Um, I think it's probably part 
of the solution. Um, and it certainly solves a problem for some city dwellers where there's just, you know, not a great safe place to drop your stuff, right? Um, but the real problem there is it runs contrary to uh, a, a major, major trend, which is a, a trend around convenience. Uh, you know, you take a look at millennials and, uh, and younger, and they really highly value convenience. They don't want to go uh, walk the, the quarter mile to some Amazon locker to go pick something up. Um, it, it seems unlikely that that ends up being kind of the end state here. You know, I think much more likely in the not too distant future, we end up getting closer to a place where everything is delivered when and where you want it. We're already uh, pretty close to there. You look at China and they, they're already there. Um, and in the U.S., it's, it's moving fairly quickly in that direction. Hassan, any thoughts? Uh, so I think these are uh, solution, uh, solving some of the pain points for uh, delivery companies, which is uh, you go deliver some package and the person is not at home. Uh, so that means you need to make like multiple attempts, uh, which doubles or if you go twi three times, triples the cost of doing the delivery. And I think it helps in that sense. Uh, for, from consumer standpoint, uh, you don't need to wait at home uh, for a delivery. Uh, you can up the item at night when you come home, you can just go to the locker and take it. Uh, but as Aaron mentioned, if you don't have enough of these uh, hubs or locks uh, nearby in, at convenience, then it will create some additional traffic problems. Then we will, if we still need to drive to those places to pick up our items, then uh, we lose some of the efficiency that we gained. But for delivery companies, it helps in terms of uh, routes. They don't need to go into its all streets. They can have these on just main streets and makes uh, it easier to deliver. Um, and also one disadvantage uh, is like this investment, initial investment cost. So there are obviously benefits in reducing costs, operating costs, but initially you need to invest uh, in terms of location. It requires like renting a location to places like the equipment itself, uh, maintaining them because they have some technology on it, scanners and other things. I think uh, we need to, I, I don't know those costs, so it has to be evaluated uh, just does justify this uh, investment cost. I really would like to hear from you in terms of your expectations for the future of the last mile logistics in the next, let's say, five to 10 years. Maybe, Adam, we can start with you. Sure. So I think what, what you'll end up seeing is, uh, I'll, I'll start with where I'm a little skeptical and, and move to where I, I think things are definitely are moving, right? So the, where the hype is, is around drones and autonomous vehicles. And I think gradually, slowly, we'll, we'll start seeing increasing use of uh, an adoption of those. Where we'll see heavy adoption is, is certainly of software to, uh, to optimize last mile logistics. Um, and, you know, I think, I think Amazon uh, will, will, will very much Think you know, come up with a good solution around uh, around last mile logistics. They they experimented with uh, with Flex, which basically, you know, crowdsourced 1099s plus tech, and now we're pulling back from that. But they will definitely figure out a solution. And you know, what will be interesting is when that happens, uh, what will everyone else do, right? And so I think Shopify uh, may come up with a, a competing solution. If they don't, then you know, one of the companies that's in their their app ecosystem will and will will offer that solution up through that eco app ecosystem. 
Um, and, and you know, all of this is in response to changing consumer demands, right? Consumer de expectations around demand will shift from two day, which Amazon set, uh, to one day, to two hours, to one hour. Um, and so that's that that that's kind of uh, just going to pull tech in that direction. Okay, great, thank you. Uh, I don't know. We can go with you, Osan. Any final thoughts? Uh, so I think we will see this increasing trend, like even uh, some new items uh, will be delivered uh, last night. So for example, we have a root optimization user. They have a farm. They produce like organic eggs and then uh, they purchase two vans and then they do their uh, delivery. So there will be like much more uh, deliveries last month. And I think micro, micro fulfillment will keep growing. Uh, any store that we see around any physical store will act like a small uh, fulfillment center. I think the inventory visibility will increase. So the companies will know uh, the product available to much better. Even if they don't own the inventory, they will know uh, where it is available and then just direct ship from there uh, to minimize these times. We'll see deliveries like in less than 15 minutes maybe for most items. And also 3D printing may also change last mile. With 3D printing in some fulfillment centers, they can have these 3D printers and we can even get some products produced and delivered uh, from these micro-fulfillment centers without waiting delivery from a manufacturing plant. And share of dedicated fleets, I think will completely diminish. It will be completely like on-demand uh, resources, shared resources, uh, shared fleets, shared warehouses. I think everything in this supply chain will be uh, shared by multiple parties uh, to uh, maximize uh, utilization and efficiency. Yeah, so I I think it's safe to say that at least we'll be introduced to testing it, uh, of autonomous delivery vehicles that will be integrated at scale later in the future. And I don't uh, expect to see drones flying in the air or fully automated operations because regulation, as we said before, is slow. Uh, other than that, operation will probably become much more data-driven and efficient. So I see more opportunities for digitalization process and also shifting of vacant real estate, micro-fulfillment centers. And in there, we'll probably see more 3D printing. Estimations, estimation says that maybe 30% of product can be 3D, print, 3D printed. And regarding policy, probably the shipments will be free while product returns will be subject to a, to a certain fee. And also, as I said, the improved sensor will probably We'll see more consolidation in the market, and we'll see improved IoT technology capabilities uh, to decrease wrong product delivery, and, and use of software management platforms that better utilize fleets and drivers, and we'll see data about customers' return histories. So, if they're highly returners, um, and most personalized data about people and customers. And, and yeah, so all of this. Okay, great, thank you. Thank you, so we have seen a great revolution in the last mile logistics. Please follow us in LinkedIn. If you haven't done it, please do so. Please do follow us in Medium. I really would like to thank you all the speakers for your participation. Thank you, Aaron, uh, for being available, Jubal, and also Osan. Participating in this webinar, we really uh, appreciate also the assistance from our allies, 
uh, Israel trade in Mexico, ASEM, uh, EGADE, GAN, Generation S, Global Corporate Venturing, Innova360, IBCA, LAPCA, BC Academy. As I told you before, see you in our next webinar on September 17th. It's going to be about retail, the retail insurgents. And please do follow us in LinkedIn, uh, to the team personally, in Medium, and, and subscribe to our newsletter. Thank you, everyone, for being available today. Thank you, and have a nice week.